Hey, are you interested in herbs? Are you looking for more natural tools to aid in your self-care? Have you always been curious about the so-called alternative or complementary health practices out there? You have come to the right place. My name is Lori. Some people call me the Herb Chick. And this is the Holistic Badass Podcast, where we discuss all the things available in the alternative or complementary or natural toolbox that may help you along your way in this life. So buckle up, sit back, and let's listen to what's up today. Also, remember... Listeners like you are what makes podcasts happen. So be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and follow me on all the social media channels you care to. Let's go, holistic badasses. The information presented in this podcast is for informational and self-education use only. It is not intended for self-diagnosis nor treatment nor anything that constitutes the practice of medicine. Please consult with a qualified physician concerning the prudence of and before undertaking any major changes in diet, any treatments for disease, any use of drugs or prescription items or the cessation thereof. Hey, Holistic Badasses, we have a treat today. Today, I have with me Mary Colvin. Mary, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, thank you so much for that introduction. I am Mary Colvin. I am a clinical herbalist and a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild. And I own Ancestral Herbology, and I'm in Wakeman, Ohio. I am a formulator for Spriggs Life, and I have about 15 formulas on the market with them. And I also am the host of Herbology Talk podcast. So I have a podcast of my own. And I am also hosting the Herbology Talk monthly meetups, where I invite anybody who is studying herbalism. It is totally free. And if you need a little guidance, you need a little advice, or you just want to network with some other herbalists and other students, you can join Herbology Talk. And I'm not sure if I lost you, Lori. Here we go. Am I there? I am now. You are now. Did you did okay. I get cut off or no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Trying to multitask. Multitask is oh, bad. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I've been on your herbology herbology talk uh phone calls a few times. And I really like them because sometimes I know myself I get entrenched with using the same herbs over and over for something and they may not always be as effective. So it's kind of nice to hear other people's line of thinking and it kind of gets my gears going to figure out how I might do something a little differently. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of students that are self-study and at home. 
and they don't have the benefit of having a teacher that or a school or course that steps you through, you know, what you should be using or what you should be studying. And it could get very overwhelming for that self-trained student. So I hold these monthly meetups because I can help you. I can guide you to what you should be learning next or after that. And we hold monthly topics. So we have a different topic every month. You do not have to show up every single month if you join. Um, but I do not record, you know, record the um, right. entire meeting because, you know, there might be some questions that some people don't want that to be out and just passed around to everybody. So I try to make it personal. Right. You know, it's a personal journey for everybody. And um, I just don't feel right recording each of the meetings. But you are more than welcome. Anybody's more than welcome to come to any one of them that we have. Maybe there's a topic that really appeals more to you than the next month. And that's fine too. Cool. Um, Speaking of everyone's private journey, how did you get into herbalism or is it something that you've always had contact with? Well, I've always been connected to plants. I've always been a gardener. My grandparents, my Sicilian grandfather, my um, Southern, you know, grandparents always had a garden. So I was always out with them, weeding, picking, snapping green beans, shucking the corn. You know, I was doing it all with them. And um, right. I've always loved plants. I We had some woods. It wasn't our property, but I'd go back there because my neighbor said I could. And I went back there and I would sit under the pine tree and I would stay there for hours. I didn't know it then, you know, but... I feel a connection to the plants. And we also had a very large pine tree that was in front of our house and it would tower over my bedroom, you know, the bedroom window. So I was always looking out. So I guess pine trees were my first love. And I also, when I wanted, I wanted to go to college, but uh, my family couldn't afford to do it. So my father had to co-sign for a student loan, um, they, this is way before FAFSA. And uh, you know, so we, he gave me, it was a two year loan, but I had to start making the payments every month. And I went to Ohio State Agricultural Branch. So it's OSU API and I took floral design and marketing because we didn't have the money for me to go to Ohio State to study horticulture or botany, which was my first love, which was what I really wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't in the finances. So I did the two year and, uh, I was one month shy of getting my associate degree, uh, just ran out of money at that time. So I did start working in flower shops and I wanted to own my own flower shop too, but just didn't have the money for that. Um, then you got married and, you know, had children, did that stuff. Um, that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> raised a family and uh, I had back problems. I started at 35, 36 and I started getting debilitating back pain and I did everything the doctors wanted me to do and the insurance said that you had to do, um, but it was years and I was on Vicodin for a while, you know, because the pain was so excruciating. Um, Mm -hmm. I ended up having to have surgery after an MRI where they noticed that I had degenerative disc 
and I had a herniated disc in L4, L5, which was causing sciatica down my leg. Mm -hmm. So I had to go in for a laminectomy. And I had that done. It helped my sciatica. But as I was going along, I was still in, I was still getting that back pain and I didn't know what was going on. So I went to a pain specialist and he says, well, what happened is um, when they had the surgery, they cut into your fascia and it's Oof. the fascia that is causing the problems. They found out more about fascia at this time and they were discovering mm -hmm. a lot of nerve endings in fascia. So uh -huh. that could cause a lot of pain. So he told me I would be in pain the rest of my life. And at that point, I don't know if I was just fed up. I don't know if I was just so tired of them just covering everything up. I, I just got up and I left the office. Um, I didn't want any more of his medication. And deep in my heart, I knew that I had to look to plants. Because that love is, oh, you know, it was always there. And I just wanted to start taking courses and learning about herbalism because I was determined to help myself. And I didn't even talk to my husband about it at the time. And there was only one online course. Well, it was a correspondence online course at that time that mm -hmm. was available. Unlike today where there's, you know, a whole lot of choices that you have. Right. Um, right. There was only one and that was the school of natural healing for me. So I started and I was able to buy just one class at a time. Cause remember we had a small family, you know, young mm -hmm. family and um, I, I couldn't just go out and, you know, spend thousands on education at that time. So I did a little bit, you know, after each class, I bought another class and I just did it that way uh, mm -hmm. for two years. You know, I finished and got my uh, diploma with the school of natural healing but I just didn't feel like it was like I was done. I didn't feel like I was really taught what I needed to know. Um, they right. did a good job and Dr. Christopher's, you know, teachings do a really good job teaching about some of the herbalism. I mean, about the herbs, but not so much about herbalism itself as far as energetics goes. Right. Um, they didn't do any kind of clinical, you know, training. And I really felt like I needed more of that. So I started going to some herbal conferences and that's where I did meet up with one of my mentors who's Margie Flint and she owns mm -hmm. her song herbals. And after talking to her, she said she was having a clinical um, training, which was a week worth of training where you got to sit down with her, Matthew Wood and Kay Parent. And while they were holding time with their clients and you got to observe. And then afterwards, we talked about it. And Matthew taught us about pulse taking and drop dosing. And, you know, there was a whole lot that we learned from them. And that's when I knew this was what I was supposed to do. So it wasn't just herbalism. It wasn't for me about making a bunch of products to sell because I really didn't have, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with the FDA. I didn't want to deal with... Right having merchandise on hand. I didn't want to have to worry about shipping and all of that. Um, I wanted to help clients and okay. I wanted to help students. I wanted to teach. So those were my two priorities. And it just happened a few years after I got my diploma that a gentleman from the Plains community, um, mid Ohio came to me and wanted to purchase some formulas. 
So Mm -hmm. I did that for him. He bought the formulas and um, a few years into it, he sold his business to um, Spriggs and they were out of upstate New York and Uh they, they get bigger and bigger every year. So they're growing. It's a growing company. And my formulas now have been on the market for almost 50, no, about 14 years, I think, altogether. Yeah. So it's a little by little. It was not an overnight thing. It was not, hey, I took this big, you know, the schooling and I was able to go out and just do what I wanted to do. It was over years. Right. My training was over years and didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I certainly didn't know that I was going to apply to be a registered herbalist. That was something that my mentor, uh, Margie Flint, kind of talked to me about. She says, you're ready. And I'm like, I don't feel ready. (laughs) But I don't think you ever do, right? Um, No. You just have to do it sometimes. And I also studied with Leslie Williams. Um, She helped a lot with practicing the application with me. And they also, her and Leslie Alexander hold what's called the round table. And you Mm -hmm. can get a lot of clinical hours and, you know, some extra help with cases in that aspect with, you know, everybody brings their own case and the round table discusses it. It was so beneficial. And, you know, after I did a couple of those too, and, then she started telling me, her and Leslie, you know, both of the Leslie's said, Mary, um, you should do it. You're ready. That's when I did, you know, but it wasn't something that I planned early on. Well, and what, so people understand what yes. is the American Herbalist Guild? Yes. So this is, they've been, it's a nonprofit and they really are dedicated to, um, making herbalism a viable career and okay. they are peer reviewed. So those who want to apply as a registered herbalist, send their application in. it is a professional application. And then it goes through a process that takes about four months uh, where your peers, you know, um, some of the top herbalists that are, that happen to be um, scoring at that time. You know, mm-hmm. they will go through and score the applications and discuss each one of the applicants. And they want to see that you have hit the standards, you know, right. what they say are the standards, because there, there really isn't any licensing in the United States. So exactly. Anybody can call themselves an herbalist. Absolutely. You know, you do not need to be a registered herbalist in order to be a clinical herbalist, none whatsoever. Um, My choice was to apply and become a registered herbalist because I really wanted my clients to feel like I had the education. They could go to the American Herbalist Guild and actually see what those standards of training and the standards that I had to hit were. Um, And it's all about being a full-time clinical herbalist. Right you know, this is what I do for, for a living. And you do have to see, oh, probably 80, I think it's 80 clients for the two years in there. You have to have so many clinical hours. Mm -hmm. You have to have so many classes and hit the types of classes. There's a lot to it. 
you can go to the AmericanHerbalistGuild.com and click on why RH and also the RH, um, you know, determination that they have a list of what you should, the type of training you should have. And right. And the kind of I experience. Should, right. And we should probably pop in here that if anybody is interested in herbalism, uh, the American Herbalist Guild is what I like to call a premier organization where they present all kinds of information to all kinds of people. So you could be a lay person and just pick up some of their free uh, webinars and not be a member. You can be a supporting member, which is greatly appreciated. And that goes towards helping them put out the information, keeping the website up to date, that kind of thing. Then they have, um, what is it? It's an herbalist, but you're not registered yet. That's a new step that they just stuck associate. in there. Yeah, it's the associate member. Yes. yes. And then and then there is the registered herbalist, the professional membership. So I guess I should say too, and for the listeners, they might not know this. I was on the board of directors with the American Herbalist Guild. Um, I was the treasurer and the vice chair. I was their governance chair. Um, so I was on there when, when we were trying to decide on that associate member category, we really felt that that was much needed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially people who are working towards the registered herbalist application. It's it's a nice intermediary step. Yes, it's a great step for the intermediate. Yeah. And I was also the one that scheduled all of the free webinars for the last three years. Um, well, and that I was, greatly appreciate all yeah, those free well, webinars. <laughs> you, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, and I help out every now and then, you know, if uh, Mimi might need me, you know, I will offer my time for her. Um, but I did enjoy scheduling the free webinars because I am really an advocate of education, you know, for right. anyone, for everyone. Um, and I, I, I do often send my students or anybody I'm mentoring or any of my students to be a member of the American Herbalist Guild, especially the ones that want to self-train, you know, because there's so many resources. There's so many, yeah, it's all right there. Like it, it, you just click on it and you can scroll through everything and find things you haven't gone over before or topics that you don't think you've covered enough or in depth enough. Yes. It's all right there. Absolutely. And you know, I like they redid and they reorganized it a bit too. And you know, that's, it's really nice because you can like look up, you're looking for um, dosing. You wanna hear about dosing or you wanna hear about how to apply or you wanna learn, you know, any of the webinars, it kind of divides it into categories. So I do awesome. that. Yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, that's a really nice touch. Too. I have not, I, I have been in the middle because I, I am still cranking out products and I was in the middle of a uh, farmer's market blitz the last two months. <laughs> and that's slowly winding down. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. I'm a little burned out. <laughs> you know, funny because I just wrote a, um, a blog on winding down and self-care. I mean, it's this time of year just reminds me, because as an herbalist, you're so busy during the growing season and the harvesting season. And, you know, I look forward to this slowing down time. Um, right. And this is when 
we really need to look within ourselves as herbalists and think about self-care because that's sometimes the last thing that we think about, you know, is actually helping ourselves. We want to help everybody else, but we don't think about what do we need. Right. Right. And I know I, one of my side jobs as other listeners have heard is I fill in at a long-term care facility and it is the same with, with people who work in those types of facilities. The Absolutely. last thing they think about is taking care of themselves. Absolutely. So I did come up with, I, I've been enjoying a blend, um, a formula that I put together that is just so nice at nighttime, especially when you just need to wind down after a busy day. Um, I use two-part nettles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use two-part skull cap. And then one part violet leaves. Oh, and that would be very nice. One very part sweet leaf, which is Monarda fistulosa or bee balm, which a lot of people might. Yeah. Um, that is a great formula if anybody wants to put that together. And so I use a cup as the measurement and I'll do mm-hmm. two cups of the nettle, two cups of the skull cap and one each of the violet and sweet leaf. And then I mix it up really well and then I'll put it in a bag for myself to use whenever I need to use it. So that is a great formula if anybody would like to try it. Well, I I make one as well that has um, a little bit of hops and mint and catnip and just a pinch of cinnamon and cardamom to kind of like calm down that digestive tract from the day. And kind of have a chai kind of a taste too. I like that. Yeah, just a, it kind of just warms up your insides, but yet calms down all those gut muscles so that you can kind of just let the rest of your day digest and calm down before bed. And I, th- I personally feel like a lot of times I go to bed with my gut in knots, you know, like mm-hmm. still wound up from the day. So that kind of helps me just fill out a little yeah, bit <laughs> great for the really tense stomach too that was a good one to put in there yeah and it is one of my favorites and i usually get the the crazy looks when people are like catnip for people oh uh, i gotta Absolutely. tell you something i just learned about catnip mm-hmm. i have not it was margie flint that told me this so i saw her up at the great lakes herb fair and she was doing a class and she was talking about trauma and how some people can look at you and they have, you know, this really sad story they're telling you, but they have a smile on their face. Those are the ones that need catnip. <laughs> and those that are whining about certain things or whine, you know, have that whining tone, that's chamomile for them. So oh. yeah, did not know that about the catnip. I knew that about the chamomile, but I just found that that was fascinating. If they can tell you about their trauma with a smile on their face and act like it doesn't bother them, that kind of thing, catnip. Probably because they internalize it so much. Absolutely. I just thought that that was so interesting. Had to share. No, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. So I know a a slew of herbalists. It's kind of one of those things. Once you start looking, you're, you're surrounded. Um, and I know some that are, are registered herbalists. I know some that are not registered herbalists. Some pe- people have gone and taken training programs through some really good pro- 
institutions and schools that are out there now that just were not available when I was doing it. Um, But, you know, so there's all different kinds. What is the benefit of seeing a registered herbalist or someone who is on a registered herbalist tract as opposed to someone who is not? Well, I think one thing that a registered herbalist has to do is sign an ethics paper. Um, you know, and, you know, they sign and they're ethical because they sign that document. Um, not Mm -hmm. saying, not saying that those who have not become a registered herbalist are not ethical, but we do have to sign a contract and we do have to hit all those points, all those clinical hours, all those, the training, um, and be scored by our peers. So, Mm -hmm those that have not gone through that process haven't had that yet. But does that necessarily mean there are not any good clinical herbalists out there because they didn't go through that process? No, that's not what that means. But like I said, I like it because my clients can go to the American Herbalist Guild and Mm -hmm. and see everything, all the types of training that I had in order to be a registered herbalist. The other benefit of being a registered herbalist over not being one is that you get to be on their list online. Um, yeah. And I get a lot of my clients from all over the United States um, because they saw me there and they can look you up by state, but I also have them coming in from other states that just liked how I described my specialties or what I had to say. Um, I can also have myself on there as a mentor So anybody who wants to be a clinical herbalist, I am a mentor um, also, and I can help you with your registered herbalist application. And if you have a book, if you've published a book, then you can also, as a registered herbalist, have that on their website. So anybody in the public that is searching, you know, for some good books or searching for a mentor or searching for an herbalist can find your name there if you're a registered herbalist. And speaking of books, I do have one that is coming right. up um, May 7th, we're looking. I still cannot say the name of it. They said that it's not finalized yet, but it is going to be a book, especially for beginners or those that want to learn anything about herbalism, some of the basics and step them through building their own home apothecary. So there's a lot oh, of- Oh, awesome. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole lot of exercises in there that gives the reader some hands-on training. You know, in mm-hmm. and I talk about energetics, I talk about terms, I talk about um, research. I have research guidelines in there. You know, when they're researching some information about these herbs, and if you do all the exercises, by the end of the book, you'll have your apothecary. You'll have medicine, but you'll also know how to use it. Right. I, I, I do find that I have talked to people because I, I don't grow a lot of stuff out in the yard. I'm expanding it all the time. And then (laughs) I just worked out a deal. So next season I will have a couple of beds out at my brother's farm. He has a certified organic dairy farm, so I don't have to worry about anything being cross contaminated or whatever. So he's going to give me some space in the yard. The only thing he told me was, if it looks like crap, I'm going to come get you. (laughs) (laughs) 
right? Yeah. But um, did not look like crap, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, I, uh, don't worry, I'll stick it behind a barn. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I do have people who walk up and they're like, "This is great, but what do I do with it?" So a book like yours would be a wonderful tool for them. Yeah, and you know, I I just want to. I want to help them think for themselves too, rather than mm-hmm. just finding an herbal book and following all the recipes. You know, that's great. It's like a cookbook, right? For herbals. Mm-hmm. And they want to jump right in it and they want to go for making the medicine. But the problem is they don't know why they're making the medicine. They don't know why they're including all those herbs. They don't know why they're all included together. And they don't know what type of person that that formula is going to work best for. You know, right. with going through my book and following the steps and learning different categories of herbalism, by the time you're making medicine, you're going to understand all of that. And you're going to understand why you're putting that together, why you're using that formula, and you'll be a better herbalist for it. And that's pretty important because otherwise I feel like people are just, I've been listening to a lot of sages, um, podcasts and stuff lately they basically they're just following an allopathic model and throwing plants at it instead of prescriptions yeah yeah (laughs) yeah right and that's not what we do as herbalists at all um and we don't we don't supplement herbs for pharmaceutical medicine either and that's something that i want the general public to understand and hopefully i am reaching to those people that might have a little bit of interest you know, but they never really thought about getting into herbalism, but I'm hoping my book might catch their attention. You know, they might not be willing to spend, you know, thousands of dollars or even $700 on an herbal course, but they'll spend 30 bucks on a book, you know, and get started. And it just might inspire them to continue. And a hard copy, a hard copy book is a tool forever. Yeah, absolutely. And it will be a hardcover book too. So that's nice. Yeah. It's going to be a little more durable. Right. So I think that that's all wonderful. Um, How would someone find you or get a hold of you if they are looking to contact you to either uh, make an appointment or to um, to get in on the herbology talk? How do they find you? Yeah, you can go to ancestralherbology.com. That's my website. I am also working on another one called herbalistmentor.com that I'm hoping to have up by the end of the year. And Uh that's going to be more about mentoring and training. And, you know, that site where the ancestral herbology is more about my consultations and my events, you know, where I'm going to be. Um, You can also find me on Facebook. It's Mary Colvin Clinical Herbalist. I am Uh on Instagram at Ancestral Herbology. I am also on TikTok at Simple Training Herbalist. That's awesome. Yeah, I've watched your TikToks too. Thank and you. I mean, all, all conflict and opinions of TikTok aside, the, the mode and delivery on TikTok is a little easier to kind of whet the appetite to figure out if you want to dive in deeper. So people have issues with it, whatever, but the format of it is ingenious. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes you need that, just that little, that little catch. That's how commercials work, you know? They have a 30-second yeah. blurb, and if that tagline hits you as something that, that piques your interest, then you go in more depth, and I feel like that's how TikTok gets you. And when I first started, you know, I was looking for a publisher, so my agent told me, Mary, you're going to have to get on TikTok because they want you to, you know, they want to see a bigger social media platform. And, and I said, I mm -hmm. am not dancing. I, I'm, I'm just not, you know. And, and she started laughing at me and she says, Mary, you don't have to dance. Just be you. So I started it and I decided to have an Herbs as Medicine series and Ask the Herbalist series and then a training in Herbalism series. So mm -hmm. Herbs as Medicine, that's Obviously, I talk about an herb, you know, and tell you a little bit about it and um, ask the herbalist. They can come at me and ask any kind of questions as a student or, you know, whatever. Um, then I can also I have that training in herbalism series where I just start you from the beginning. Here, go learn this. Once you learn this, do this. And so it's kind of my book, but not because I'm not giving you the information, you know, where I am right. in the book. But it's kind of stepping them through the process and things that they need to learn, things they need to think about. Um, I'm, I think I'm on week 45. I kind of slowed down. I was doing it every week, but I've had, um, I had to go um, teach over at the Great Lakes Herb Fair. And I've mm -hmm. had, you know, some family issues that I've had to deal with. So I wasn't doing it every single week like I started out doing. But it's still a matter of all you have to do, even if you come in late, you can go back to my playlist and you could go back right. to the first one and start from there and do it at your own pace. You don't even have to do it once a week. You know, it's meant to take your time and do it and, you know, go through the training and do it at your own right. pace, which is why the book is so good, too, because you can also do it at your own pace. Well, exactly. When there's no um, huge impending deadlines, it's a little bit easier to uh, leisurely absorb the information. <laughs> right, right. It's not a do or die type situation. And there's a lot of people too that have, you know, different learning capabilities. You know, when sitting in a class doesn't work for everybody and they need more of the hands-on. You know, there's apprentice you know, maybe they would love to be an apprentice, but there's nobody around them. The great thing about my book is you feel like I'm right there, you know, telling you here to do this and giving you the exercises and telling you what to learn next. So um, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see well, how many people that can help. When did you say they're, they're looking at the target release date? The target release date is going to be May 7th next year, 2024. Okay. And depending on the printer's um, right. You know, how far behind they are. And as soon as I get um, the title, I will be letting people know on my social media, um, also my website. So if you go to ancestralherbology.com, I do have a mailing list that you can see like any upcoming events or any upcoming news that I have. So you can go ahead uh -huh. and join my mailing list too. Awesome. See, there you go, guys. You can be on there and you would get, you'd be in the know before anyone else. Yes. <laughs> Certainly let you guys know when the pre-ordering is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, be on the inside track. That's awesome. All righty.
thank you for coming to talk to us. And I'm so glad that you found herbalism because I frankly feel like it's been here longer than prescription medic medicine and it needs to have its honored place in society. <laughs> Absolutely. And the one thing I think I found through my years, I've been doing this for about 15 years now, you know, what I found is that it can really help. You don't have to always go to the pharmaceutical medicine. And I have seen some miracles come through using herbs. Um, you just have to know what you're doing with them and understand them, you know, before right. you use them. Right. And if you're not hitting those desired results, do not be afraid to look up a registered herbalist or a clinical herbalist or somebody who's working on becoming a clinical herbalist. Absolutely. There's professionals Absolutely. out there and they can help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It was wonderful having you on and we may have you on again to deal with certain situations and such, but this was just a broad interview today. Well, thank and you so much for having me on. I enjoyed our conversation. No problem. And I will talk to you later. You have a wonderful evening. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Holistic Badasses. Today, I have a treat. Today, we have a discussion that I recorded between myself and Mary Colvin. Mary is a registered clinical herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild. This is an organization that I've always had the goal of joining and achieving peer reviewed professional membership with. I am still working on that. Unfortunately, life kind of gets in the way sometimes. Don't we all just have to live life once in a while? Things happen and stuff gets delayed, but I'm working on it. Speaking of which, if you guys would like to help me in my pursuit to do that, consider leaving a tip on this episode. Things are expensive and there is one more class I would like to take before I make my application to the American Herbalist Guild for professional membership. And of course, there is the fee to do so. So without further ado and my plea for tips, just a little bit of pandering. Can't blame me for trying. However, before I go further... Let me introduce to you Mary Colvin, and please enjoy the discussion about what it's like to be a clinical herbalist and how she got there. There you have it, Holistic Badasses. Any of you that want to further your understanding of herbs or learn a little bit about it, whether you want to be a professional herbalist or you just want to know some things to use for yourself or your family, make sure you check out American Herbalist Guild. 
Uh, you can find them at AmericanHerbalistGuild.org. And feel free to take part in their free items. Become a supporting member. That always helps to ensure that that information is there when you need it and disseminates it for future generations. If you are looking to be a clinical herbalist, like I am, be sure to check out all of the options and information offered to you. And again, if you would like to help me in my pursuit to become a registered clinical herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild, you can do so by tipping this episode or you can tip through any number of my social media platforms and payment platforms or just contact me and we will work something out. Likewise, when I get to the point where I'm going over my case studies, if you would like to be a volunteer for a case study, please let me know because I will need just a couple more to add to my collection. As always, I am Lori the Herb Chick. You can find me on just about all the social media platforms under Lori the Herb Chick or the Herb Chick. Or you can always just jump directly to my website, HerbChickOnline.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes of Holistic Badass or just want to chit-chat, give me your feedback, you can do so by emailing me at Lori.The.HerbChick at gmail.com. Go out there and be the holistic badass I know you can be.